everybody. Welcome to church. <laughs> no, um, okay. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Thanks, Gav. Thanks, Rudy. You guys are amazing. Um, Mark 4, 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care what we, that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? What have you, do you still have no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And today, as we continue in this series of ours, I want to have a look at it from this title, as we just chat a few minutes about it, from what you're going to do. Can we pray? So, Lord Jesus, thank you for grace. <laughs> thank you for love. I pray that as we open your word, do what you do. Encourage us, build us up, strengthen us, Move us forward, Father God. Increase us and our capacity to be in your presence. We want more, and so, Father, we pray we can only get it from you. In Jesus' name, we pray that as we speak, you will speak to us. Amen. Uh, coming to, we from the Highfelt, my, my family and I, and there's quite a few people in this church that have actually um, come from the high felt as well. And the, 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 the reason I want to bring it up is because we are going into winter now, and in the Cape, winter season is rain season. And I've experienced some locals that they go, hey, there's a storm coming. And I'm going, yes, a storm. And then there's rain. Very light rain. <laughs> and then we speak with him the next day. And it's like, did you see that storm? And I go, yes. <laughs> yes, we have. Because I have to explain to you guys, in the high felt, the storms are a little bit different. Just a little. We have these massive dark clouds that come over and raindrops the size of your car dogs get washed away. So, so we don't wash our dogs, we just throw them outside and like one drop, come doggy. It's like we did it with our kids. I mean, that's how our kids are so clean. And like, um, but it's, it's storms in the high felt are one of the most beautiful things you will ever see. Because you can see the sun in the distance, but over you are these thick, heavy, dark clouds. And we have something that I haven't really experienced in the Cape, and that is thunder. It is crazy loud thunder. It hits and it rolls. Like, it sounds like a music. And then the lightning hits. And the moment the lightning hits, you brace yourself and you go, 
what is it going to sound like? And go, Brrr. Now, my family, my, my parents and my siblings, we are the only part of our family, like the greater family, ons familie, nie ons gesin nie, dis reg, nie Afrikaans mense is. Die kleine is die gesin, die groot is die familie. Check out Afrikaans. Yeah, drie jaar hier in hierdie plek. I promise this is an English service. So, um, he's just that good. Um, so, no, I'm just joking. So, my family are the only family that stays in the high felt. Everybody is from the Western Cape. And there was this one time my dad's family came to visit us. I am the youngest on both my parents' side. So on my mom's side, I was, I was the youngest. Not anymore. Uh, but on my dad's side, I am the youngest of all the kids. So that means yours truly got bullied all the time. So I, I remember my cousin, thank you, you love me. <laughs> yeah, I'm that big now, no one bullies me. And um, my cousins came to visit and I remember this one week, man, I was getting beaten like it was no one's. They were taking my toys. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, tells you, they're just visiting. Be nice. <laughs> my eye is swollen closed. No, it wasn't that kind of beating. <laughs> but in any case, so, so they, we have this storm come. And we've got windows lined up on the, the whole one side of our house, you know, from the, the dining room all the way to the end. And something happens that I never expected. The thunder hits in the storm, and there's the sound like a banshee that was hiding somewhere and came out. Like I thought a kettle was switched on. And, went, and it ran from the front of the house past me into one of the rooms, and it was my cousin. And he got so scared because he wasn't used to the thunder. And he thought, this is the end. And he ran. It's like, repenting, Lord, I'm sorry. This is the end. And me, the good Christian boy I am, I followed, laughing and pointing at him because he's not used to this. And there you get it. I know it was bad, but it was so good at the same time. Because he was so not used to the thunder. You see, we all are going to end up going through storms. And not all storms are going to be the same. We're going to be in storms that we are used to, and then we're going to go into storms that are really crazy. And our focus in this passage that they bring our attention to is that the disciples are in a storm. And what we've been doing over this series is we, we want to paint a picture of what that storm was like. Because it's easy for us to read something, and because we're not there, because it doesn't grab us emotionally, we can easily just skip over it. Oh, it's just a storm. And we do that with people in life as well. They're going through the storm, and we go, oh, it's just a storm. And then we go, can we skip to the good part, please? But in the meantime... It is a serious situation because we read that in the storm, it is so crazy that water is actually coming into the boat. Sometimes we are going to have to be listening to people that are going through a storm and we can't just skip over it. Last week, Alison spoke about you need to slow down and pause 
because someone is going through something and they're going to need us to just pause and listen because what they are going through is real. What they are going through is crazy. When we are going through the storm, we are looking to go somewhere and tell people what is happening. But you see, here they are in the storm. This is not a high felt storm. No one is laughing. No one is sitting, putting their garden chairs outside on their patio and just watching the rain fall. Here they are panicking. I don't know if any of you have been on a ship before in rough water. Do yourself a favor, go to your pool and put a plank on the water. And then just go and stand there and have people throw tennis balls at you while holding a weight. Try not to fall into the water, and that's what is actually happening. It is crazy, it is scary. It's like coming to the end, like my cousin that thought, this is the end? This is what these guys thought, that this was going to be the end. However, the focus of the story is that the disciples were in the storm. But another thing that they also want to point out is that Jesus was there with them. There were a whole lot of other boats. Don't forget that. A whole lot of other people crossing the sea, but Jesus was in their boat. Imagine not having Jesus in your boat at that moment. And here we have fishermen that have some kind of a knowledge of what the water is like. And all of a sudden, there's this storm, and even they are scared. But Jesus was in their boat. Jesus was with them. I need you to understand this. We want to get to basics as we grow that Jesus is with you. No matter where you go, Jesus is with you. And even though Jesus is with you, you are still going to go through a storm. Jesus is going to be with you in your marriage, in your career, in your hobbies, whatever it is, you will still go through a storm with Jesus in your boat. And this is the thing. Life storms are inevitable. So, what are you going to do when you get into a storm? And the first thing that I want us to have a look at here as we go through this passage is you need to seek the Savior. Because they tried everything humanly possible to save themselves, and then what happened? They ran to Jesus. You see, the presence of a storm doesn't stop the presence of your Savior. So stop running when you get into a situation that is not favorable to you. Stop running away, but run to Jesus. In fact, it should make you seek Him even more. What is your default when you go through a storm? My cousin's default was to cry and run. My default in that storm was to look at the clouds, enjoy it. You see, Jesus, I love what he does. Did you guys read what he did there? In the middle of a storm, they found him doing what? Sleeping, but specific sleeping. You know, he didn't just make himself cozy in a corner and close his eyes. It says 
He laid down on a cushion, which means is he got comfortable. How many of you guys get comfortable before going to sleep? Sunday afternoon naps. Oh, best naps ever. I've got these massive couches. If you've ever been to my house, uh, we, we try not to have life group on them. And, and these massive couches. And on Sundays, I, I, I squeeze myself into the corner of, of a couch. So, so, because I can't sleep on it because the arms are too high, but you squeeze yourself in just comfortably enough that the pillows grab you like this, and then you close your eyes like a princess. And this is what Jesus done in the storm. He just found a cushion and was intentional about sleeping. You see, he didn't fall asleep. He was intentional about going to sleep. I don't know about you guys. Ellie and myself, we were on a cruise once. And on a calm day, when you walk down the, the passage, it's the funniest thing to see. Because you think everybody's drunk. Because nothing is ever straight. Because you walk and then people are here and then the ship moves and then they're here. And then they're here. That first night on sleeping on the boat, I felt like my cousin, are we going to die? Why did you make me do this? It's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. But here, Jesus goes, he finds a cushion and he goes and sleeps. The disciples' response is a little bit different to a storm. Have a look at this in Mark chapter 4, verse 38. But he was in the stern. The stern is at the back of the ship where you actually steer it. Asleep on the cushion, and the disciples woke him and said to him, and I want you to kind of pay attention to this first word, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing. I was sitting with Alison as I was prepping this, and I was asking, I don't understand. What were they expecting Jesus to do? Because something that they didn't ask is, save us. Nowhere in that passage did it say, save us. It's like, don't you care that we are perishing? But look who they address him as. Teacher. The reason they address him as teacher is because at that point in time, they didn't know the full extent of who he was. When you are in a storm, the best place to understand how to get through is in the Savior, not the teacher. And are you specific with your questions? Do you know who Jesus is in your life? Is he just a good person? Is he just a, a philosophy to help you get through? Or, he, or is he Lord and Savior? Is he king of your life? Because when he is Savior, you ask him, save us. When he's just teacher, you get a little bit angry. See, he's the only one that can save us. When you find yourself in a storm, what's the first thing that you do? When you go through life and things don't work out as what you have prayed for, as what you've been told would happen, do you go, okay, Lord, 
show me more, save me through this, or is the first thing you do, God, why has this happened? We need to understand that he is not just Jesus who walked on earth, he is God. There needs to be a certain level of reference, reverence that we give to him, humility that we put on us, because when we don't understand that, we strive. It becomes about what can I do to get through this. And what do you notice? You don't sleep when you strive. Have you? <laughs> Would you run to someone that is panicking in a time of a crisis? Or would you run to the calmest looking person there is? Because another person that is stressed out cannot help you. A person that is calm is assessing the situation. If a person is sleeping, move on. (laughs) But don't strive. You see, Jesus slept on a cushion, which means he knew something that they didn't know. He had faith that they would get to the other side, despite of what they would be challenged or faced with getting there. And that is why we need to spend time with Jesus and seek our Savior, not just in the storm. No one preps for a storm in a storm. How many of you guys love camping? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) We start weeks off about getting ready. We, We don't camp much, but when we do, it's like we run around. It's like, do we have this? Do we have that? Do we, you know, is this in place? Is this filled up? My dad, he is the, the craziest. He has a list, and then he goes, hey, he does. He's got this list, and he goes, okay, oh, I forgot to refill that bottle. You got a bottle? And it's like gas bottles, water bottles, all these things. He goes, prepped. We don't arrive at the camping site. We did that once. Remember, my dad invited us to go camping with him, and I was expecting to arrive and get booked into a chalet. Because my family knows this man, he don't need no grass touching anything. He needs a bed. And we arrived at this campsite, and my dad, I'm like, okay, so are we booked in over there? And he goes, no. And there's this open spot next to him and a little bag like this. I'm like, what's in the bag? He's like, happy birthday. That's your tent. I wasn't prepared for that. I slept on the floor. The second night they gave us a blow-up mattress, everybody slept on me. Because when you're heavier than everybody else, everybody rolls to the center of you. But in any case, you never prep for a storm in a storm. You prep for a storm before it. So in life, why do we wait until something happens before we come and understand who Jesus is? We need to take time in our day-to-day lives to see who Jesus is. What does he say about you? What does he say for you? Ali read that verse, I, have, I know the plans I have for you. Do you know he's got plans for you? That he's going to direct you? He's going to guide you? And I want you to just think about that for the time being. Because when we understand that all we need is Jesus you will find out that peace is found in his presence. 
Peace isn't found anywhere else. His peace draw them to him. Because what kind of man could smile and sleep? I believe that's how Jesus was sleeping. It's like, just, I remember this. My mom used to rock me to bed. It's lacquer. And they go, why is he doing nothing? But peace is found in his presence. Jesus is not surprised by our storms. Every storm is an opportunity for us to experience God's power. Are we going to run to him or away from him at that moment? You see, he's, he's got this saving power, the power of love. You know Jesus loves you? I told you in the first part that Jesus is with you. I need you to understand that Jesus loves you. And there is no storm that is too great for him. No matter what you face... I want you to understand this. Jesus cares about you. He cares about your anxiety. He cares about your fear. He cares about your worry. He cares about the torment. He cares about the heartache. Back to my cousin. Where did he run to? He ran to the one place he knew he would be safe. That was his family, his parents because they were in the room. He didn't go and look for me. (laughs) Found nothing by me. He didn't run to my parents, even though that they were able to look after him. He ran to people that he knew would protect him. And that's what we need to do. We need to find Jesus. And the only way we're going to find him is if we spend time with him outside of the storm. Not just inside the storm. Jesus wakes up. And the first thing he does is he rebukes the storm and speaks peace. Think about that for a minute. The Prince of Peace spoke peace. He didn't ask what's going on. He didn't calm them down first. He did what God is going to do, and that is speak peace in the time of a storm. But understand this. It doesn't say this, but you can read it. When he spoke peace over the storm, isn't it quite interesting how they stopped talking at that moment as well? Before they started to start talking between them. Because their fear of the storm changed from fear of God. Because when we have an encounter with Jesus, we understand that it doesn't matter what we're going through, it's the one that can calm the storm that is way greater. And that is what we need to understand, is that whatever storm we are in, speak peace over it. Whatever situation you are in, speak peace over it. How many of you guys have family issues? We've got a drama series, actually, in my family. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> you know? um, but we love each other. And no matter what we go through, there's always going to be a storm that pops its head up somewhere. And what we do is, as 
speak peace over the situation. Jesus is just about, uh, Jesus is just about to ascend to heaven later on in the book of John. And he's leaving his disciples. They've just lost him and then got him back, his resurrected body. And now he tells him, listen, I've got to go. And what is the one thing that he tells them? Wait, don't even think about it. Check John 14, verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you. Why? Because he knows the road ahead is not going to be easy. So the Prince of Peace gives us peace so that we can speak peace no matter where we are. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Paul writes later on, be anxious about nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition, come to God. And he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. But you have to understand this. The closer we stay to him, the more peace we get. Peace is not found outside of Jesus. Peace is found in him. So what are you going to do in a storm? Seek the Savior because peace is found in him. Did you know um, peace is a fruit of the Spirit? Did you know fear is not? I've always wanted to use this. What, do you, uh, what, do you, what comes out of you when you get squeezed? Um, in my daughter, it's a fart. <laughs> Sorry, am I not allowed to say that? You squeeze her and she goes, oh. <laughs> but does, uh, do you have fruit juice? Or do you have sour milk that comes out of you? Because you see, fear is not a fruit of the Spirit. And when storms come and push you and push on you, what comes out of you? Because remember, in, in, in 1 Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But the fruit of the Spirit has peace in it. So when you're in a storm, do you have peace that comes out of you? Let's just ponder on that quickly as we go to this last point that I want to talk about. Peace is found in his presence, but what we need to do is we need to accept the challenge of every storm that comes to us because Jesus rebukes the storm and he challenges his disciples. He doesn't rebuke his disciples. He challenges them. He goes, do you still have no faith? Don't want to rebuke people when they're going through a storm. Hey, Salmon, I've got this problem. And he goes, oh, again, Milo. You know what you need, Milo? You need a reality check. You need to get out. You need to do this. Stop doing that nonsense. That is not what Jesus did. That's why we need to be opposite. We need to be just like Jesus. I know this is what ceremony will do. Milo, let us pray. Everybody agrees that that is what ceremony will do, right? <laughs> Three days later, amen. <laughs> amen. 
because he won't stop praying until there's peace over my situation. Can we be those people that get to each other and go, what are you going through? Milo, this, that, and the other. Okay, let's pray. Let's speak peace over what you are going through. But can I challenge you? In your storm, challenge you to see where your faith is. See, Jesus doesn't silence them. If you go and you read a little bit earlier, in Mark chapter 1, I think it is, Jesus encounters someone possessed with a spirit in church, in the synagogue. What does he say to that guy? Be quiet. Because the storm was raging within that person. He didn't speak to the person, he spoke to what was in. He showed love to the person and cast what was in out. So when we get to people in a storm, don't rebuke them. Love them. Challenge them. See, we mustn't get offended when we get challenged. See, we grow in storms, but challenges help us check our growth. Uh, I've just... I won't say I just started gymming, but I have been going frequently to the gym. And in order to check your growth, you need to challenge where you are. So you go from lifting 10 kilograms, and you go, I've been doing this, it's been tough, but am I stronger? Have I grown? And so you put on 10 extra kilograms, and then you lift it, and that's how you know you have grown. But a lot of us, we get into a situation where we get challenged, and we go, pick up an extra 10. No, you pick up an extra 10. <laughs> eh? But Jesus is going, have you still no faith? Because he's just trying to show them, did you see where I was? I was in the back of the cinema sleeping. Like all those cool kids in class. I didn't have a sock with you guys. I was sleeping because his faith was in God. Where their faith was in the boat. Stop putting your faith in the stuff. Put your faith in God. Can I challenge you on that? Did you know little faith can do big things? Because when Jesus challenges you on your faith, it's because he wants you to realize the power of where you put your faith. The faith of four friends saw the lame friend get healed. The faith of a strange um, soldier saw his servant get healed. Last week, the faith of a woman that was going through a storm for 12 years. Come on, think about that. 12 years of not being healed. She's a Jew. 12 years of making the proper sacrifices, praying the proper prayers, going to doctors. 12 years, nothing happens. And Jesus walks by and she goes, I have faith if I just get a small touch of him. What are you going to do? 
Can I close with Mark 4, verse 35? It's going to be a very strange passage to close with. Because this is the challenge that I want you to understand. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, do you know who said to them? Jesus. What did Jesus say? Let us go across to the other side. Now, I know for a fact Jesus has asked or said a lot of things to you. I've got these plans for you. Jesus is the one who started their journey across the sea. Can I tell you this? If Jesus is taking you somewhere, you're going to get to the other side. He never said it's going to be easy, but he did promise, I will get you there. So what has God spoken over your life? What storm are you going through at this moment? Because if God said it, it will happen. Everything will end except the word of God. What are you going to do? So can I challenge you that this week, no matter what storm you're going through, it's okay. It's going to be tough. We won't downplay. We downplay no one's storm. But can I challenge you to start getting into his presence, seeking him, find peace, speak peace over your situation, get people around you that will speak peace to you and your situation as well. And make sure that you know that you will grow in it. Can we pray?